0: How are you now? <laughs> How are you now? Ooh. A little ugly. Folks, your Montreal Canadians lose 5 to 1 to the Toronto Maple Leafs kind of expected something along those lines, right? Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Bottom 6 Minutes Podcast. I am Matt Drake, and I'm honestly, again, not pissed off about that one. Uh, Pretty rough looking loss, but um, overall, it, it wasn't actually that bad. Just the scoreboard was that bad. I know some of you might be thinking, well, the scoreboard is the only thing that really counts, Matt. What the fuck are you talking about? But, I mean, there were some decent portions of that game for the Habs, particularly against a team that is clearly going for it this year. They just pulled off a blockbuster trade, Uh, maybe a bit of an overpay. I don't know. We'll talk about that at the tail end there when I get through the recap. Uh, Let's let's get into the recap and kind of explain what happened in that game before I explain why I think it was not that bad of an effort for the Montreal Canadiens and why I honestly think that they should be kind of... You know, Not necessarily happy with the result there, but I, I guess a little bit pleased with the way that they were able to play against a, a really good team. So the game starts out really rough. They get hemmed in their zone for the opening, I think, minute and a half, almost two minutes. The Leafs even managed to do a, a offensive zone change. They completely changed their line with possession in the offensive zone. Uh, that sucks to see. And I was thinking, like, you know, this is not going to go very well for the Montreal Canadiens tonight if that's what we're going to be seeing for the rest of the game. But surprisingly... After that opening 90 to 100 seconds or so, they actually settled down. And by midway through the period, shots are about even. They're holding their own. Chances are about even. The Habs are actually getting more odd man rushes. They're kind of still on that counterattack strategy of, you know, we know we're not the superior team on paper, so let's just try to kind of hang back and pick our spots to go up ice uh, with numbers. And it was working. Shots by the end of the period, 16 to 13 for the Leafs. Uh, 0-0, no score. Really, Not bad. For the Habs, all things considered, and then early in the second period, bit of a giveaway by Morgan Riley below the, bo- uh, the below the goal line, puck gets thrown up to the point. Mike Matheson puts a shot through traffic, gets tipped by Josh Anderson on the way, and it's one nothing. Holy shit! Habs might pull off a surprise here. That's so you might have been thinking that, and you'd be very wrong to think that because uh, that's where the wheels kind of came off, at least defensively for the Habs. Uh, One thing you absolutely can't do against the Leafs is take penalties. Mike Matheson takes one shortly after uh, getting the assist on that Anderson goal. Uh, He trips Mitch Marner, and sure as God's got sandals, Austin Matthews gets a dump in, coming in on the left side, throws it across crease to Michael Bunting. He puts it in, makes it 1-1. A little later, Mike Hoffman gets a golden chance at one end and gets stopped. Puck goes the other way. Uh, Another kind of weird sort of giveaway by uh johnny kovacevic over to pierre engvall he shoots it uh from the face-off circle and kind of chicken wings jake allen jake allen gets a piece of it but as he's turning to try and i guess corral the puck underneath his arm uh it ends up trickling through and going into the net so it's two to one later on in the period austin matthews fakes absolutely fakes a slash um, I got a highlight of it up on my Twitter account at DrakeMT if you want to go take a look. I actually think somebody may have gotten his hand, but if anybody got his hand there, it was definitely Michael Bunting. But anyways, he's flapping his arm around and staring at the ref. And the ref buys it, gives him the call. And once again, Michael Bunting from almost the same spot as he got the last one cross-ice pass, puts it in, makes it 3-1. to one. That's your score at the end of two. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice as I'm doing this. Um, shots are 31 to 22 so as much as i didn't like that call um i can't really blame the officiating or anything like that the habs are you know they're absolutely the cause of their own demise in this game uh just some sloppy play in the defensive zone here and there resulted in those goals other than that they really weren't that bad uh wasn't a gigantic lead in terms of shots now the wheels, like I said, kind of came off defensively, and that's why you get another two goals for the Leafs, right? Less than four minutes into the period, uh, Johnny Kovacevic again. This time he can't handle Austin Matthews in the corner. Matthews comes out of the corner with the puck, goes cross crease to William Nylander. He's standing all alone on the back door. That's an easy one for him, 4-1. to one. And then later on, David Savar, his turn to have a complete brain fart in the defensive zone. He's got David Camp out front. He's on him. He's got body on body, like he's got body position and everything. He's on the inside. He's in perfect position. But Kampf just spins off. Savard completely loses him. And uh point shot comes, gets stopped by Jake Allen, and David Kampf, easy one. Just a tap-in for him. While David Savard is looking up at the rafters, wondering how did he possibly let that happen? Five to one is your score after that goal. And that is your final. Um, now, here's why I don't think it was that bad of a game for the abs. Okay, the, the final tally for shots was forty to thirty. So if you're a Leafs fan, number one, I was talking to my buddy who's a Leafs fan. I'm I'm sure I don't really have any Leafs fans who listens to this podcast, but if you're a Leafs fan, you happen to be listening here, I wouldn't be celebrating that one too much. Sure, you got forty shots, but you got forty shots against the Montreal Canadiens. You also gave up thirty shots to the Montreal Canadiens. That's not great. The Habs don't get to thirty every game that they play. They've struggled to get to 20 in some games this season. So, if you're hanging your hat on, well, we outshot them 40 to 30 and beat them five to one, go ahead and do that. Um, I, I don't know if a performance like that is going to get it done for you in the playoffs. It got it done for you against the Habs, but you guys needed some defensive zone breakdowns for uh, to, in order to get those five goals. I mean, this game could have been considerably closer. Um, they also got some pretty good goaltending from uh, from Wool in that game. So, I mean. I would not be overly excited if if I was a Leafs fan. And that kind of brings me to the trade, right? Now, I think they overpaid a little bit. I think that was a lot to give up to get Noel Akiari and um, Ryan O'Reilly. I don't think they're going to regret it. I I think this is probably going to give them the best chance to win a round that they've had in a long time. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly is a very good defensive forward. Um, This is not a team that needed to go out and try to get offensive game breakers. There was all those rumors that they were going to go out and try to get Patrick Kane. I thought that was the stupidest idea ever. The last thing you need is an offensive-minded player who can't really play defense that well. They went out and got themselves a, a defensive stalwart. So good on them. I think they overpaid a little bit. And I think as an early return... As a Leafs fan, I wouldn't be too happy with that. Um, Now, again, don't think they're going to regret the trade. Uh, I think they're going to be very happy with how that plays out. They may actually win around for the first time this year. So I don't think they're going to give a shit that they overpaid. Their fans are not going to give a flying fuck that they gave up all those picks if they finally get past the first round. That's all that really matters to them. So probably a good trade. Think it was an overpay. Don't think it really matters. But why does this have anything to do with the Habs? Well... I think the Leafs are a better team right now than they were before that trade. So for the Habs to go out there, yeah, I know you lose five to one. That's no good, right? Scoreboard, not good. Everything else, not that bad. If you tighten up a little bit of the defensive, uh, you know, brain farts there, I think this game is maybe two to one, three to one for the Leafs at best. I don't think that's that bad. And if you have, you know, there was a number of opportunities they had at the other end. Like Mike Hoffman had some golden chances that he uh, either got stopped or, or completely blew. And we're talking about partial breakaways. Like I said, Sportsnet put up a, a graphic between the second and third period. And there was one statistical category in which the Habs were, were leading two to one. It was odd man rushes. They, again, I, I got to applaud a little bit the the overall overarching strategy, I guess, that the coaching staff put in place, which is to kind of, you know, accept the fact you're going to get outshot, try to play well defensively. They failed on that part, and then try to get, you know pick your spots and go for those counterstrikes. It it, it worked for them. Um, you know, you get the puck bouncing your way a little bit more. That game could have been a lot closer. So, I don't look at the scoreboard and go, "Well, that was the worst game I've ever watched." They lost five one, and that sucked. Honestly, I saw some decent things in that game. Again, all you really had to do was try to avoid some of those defensive zone breakdowns, and I, I really think you would have had a much closer game. Maybe not. Maybe maybe not winning. I don't know. We don't really care about winning at this point. Tank Nation, how you doing? You're probably feeling pretty good about that one, right? You know, they didn't get completely run out of the building, and um, they lost. So it's uh, it's one that's going to help a little bit in terms of the old uh, draft lottery odds. Uh, And at the same time, uh, it wasn't that displeasing to watch. So I don't know. That's why I'm not pissed off about that one. I felt like it was okay. And that brings me to silver lining of the night. And uh, I I guess this is a bit of a cop out, but I got to go with Mike Matheson. Um, I know, you know, he took the shot that ended up getting tipped in. So you're kind of picking the obvious candidate there, right, Matt? Well, the reason I want to pick him Uh, is because I think anybody who's been listening to this podcast uh, throughout the course of the season, in several previous episodes, I've been pretty rough on him. I, I felt like after that bump back high hit that he landed on Eric Stahl, I don't know, 10 or 12 games ago, whatever, and he got fined for it, I felt like he was playing a little petulant. Like you know, he looked like he was. You know, I I I don't want to insult the guy, but he was looking at times like you know a A bantam player in the way that he was not able to handle anything coming at him. He was getting pissed off. He was taking bad penalties, and he wasn't doing the things offensively that he's capable of doing. And lately, I think we've been seeing a much better version of Mike Matheson. I think that's important. Um, we're at the stage right now where we're evaluating, right? And I do wonder, is he a potential trade bait candidate? I don't know. I think the Habs want to hang on to him. You know, he's a Montreal guy. He's a local kid, speaks very good French. I think he's a guy that you maybe want to hang on to moving forward and you want to try to factor him into your long term plans. But on the other hand, teams are watching the Habs right now. Teams are absolutely watching the Habs. They got scouts coming to the games, they're watching them on TV, whatever they're doing. I can guarantee you teams are looking at the Habs and they're wondering, what can we take? And if you look at that game against the Leafs, who was the best player defensively for the Habs? I, I would say it was Mike Matheson by a far sight. Offensively, chipped in as well. You know, you could basically call that his goal, if not for the fact that Anderson got a bit of wood on it. What, what, if, if you're a scout for another team and you're watching the Habs and you need a defenseman, Are you going to watch that game and you're going to make an offer for David Savard? I don't think so. If you were going to make an offer for David Savard, I don't think that game is necessarily going to make you go, ah, you know what? No, not anymore. But if you're looking at that game and you're trying to find somebody, you're trying to decide who it is that you would want to go for, I think Mike Matheson's got to jump right to the top of the page. And as much as I think the Habs want to hang on to him, want to make him part of their long term plans, I definitely would not classify him as somebody who's off limits in a trade. I think I've talked about this on previous episodes. The off-limits list for the Habs should be pretty short. We're talking Suzuki, Caulfield, um, and like really, Suzuki, Caulfield, maybe. I I guess you could say Slavkovsky's got to be in there as well. Um, I'd probably throw some of the prospects they've got that are not even on the team right now. You know, Sean Farrell, I'm not very interested in trading him. Logan Mayu, I don't think I want to see him get traded. Uh, Joshua Roy, I don't think I want to see him get traded. Riley Kidney is even starting to sneak into that conversation as somebody that I don't want to see get traded. Um, I, I'd be avoiding trading prospects and young players that you know have a significant future with your team. Uh, Jordan Harris, maybe, I might throw him in there as well. Everybody else, anybody who's been in the league for you know longer than five, six years, you got to be on the block. You got to be. And Mike Matheson is one of those guys. Um, I I don't think that they can be thumbing their noses at offers that come in if there happen to be offers for Mike Matheson. And again, look at the last three, four, five, six games. He's been one of the better players on the team. I don't I don't see any rumors about it. Um, you're not going to hear anybody talking about it. I haven't seen a word. I haven't seen a peep. About Mike Matheson getting moved. But I I just, I'm I'm looking at the play recently and I'm like, who could somebody possibly, who could another team possibly be interested in? And he strikes me as somebody that another team could potentially be interested in. So I think it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Maybe a dark horse candidate to end up being part of a a big deal, uh, sending him somewhere else. You know what we had uh, last year, right? Was Ben Sherratt, was that ridiculous trade to the Florida Panthers? Um, Man, are they probably regretting that one, right? Who knows? Maybe Kent Hughes can find something like that again this year. And I think we'd all be pretty excited if they can get a return like that, no matter who's going out the other way. Aside from that, man, I don't have much to say about that game. Uh, Again, I I thought it was pretty decent. I guess uh, Jonathan Drouin, I, I felt, was quite impressive in that game, actually. I mean, he's still on the longest goalless drought, I think, of his career. I'm pretty sure it's the longest goal drought of his career. I might want to double-check that, but I don't have the time to double-check it right now, honestly. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably one of, if not the longest um, goal drought of his career. And still, he managed to look pretty good. Like He's creating opportunities. He's uh, creating opportunities for his teammates, creating them for himself. It's just not rolling for him right now. I still think there's a possibility of them finding a trade for him. Uh, He has actually been rumored lately. They've been talking about the possibility of whether or not Colorado would want to reunite Nathan McKinnon and Jonathan Drouin. Of course, they played together in the QMJHL for the Halifax Mooseheads and had quite a bit of success together. So there's a possibility. Maybe if the Habs are willing to eat 50% of that salary, take the maximum. Uh, They might be able to find a new home for him in Colorado. He can go take a run at a cup with his former teammate. I think that'd be pretty interesting for him. I think it'd be pretty interesting for the Montreal Canadiens. He gets a change of scenery that he needs. The Montreal Canadiens get some assets for a player that they may otherwise have a lot of difficulty getting assets out of, and who is probably leaving at the end of the season when he goes to unrestricted free agency anyways. So, maybe, just maybe, there's a deal to be had there. And... If you look at his play recently, what, since, what was it, January 1st or something? Not January 1st, January 13th. I can't remember the date, but he's got, like, 11 assists. Leads the team in assists over the course of the last, like, 9 or 10 games. Again, teams are watching the Habs right now. If you're watching the Habs, you're looking up front, I think, for sure, Jonathan Drouin could be a valuable addition to another team's bottom six. If you're eating half the salary and he's coming off the books at the end of the year anyways, there's very little risk. He's probably not going to cost very much. You're talking about potentially a cheap upgrade in your bottom six. Again, you've got that Colorado connection with Nathan McKinnon. Who knows? Who knows? Could be interesting. Jake Allen, I thought, played pretty well. What are you going to do? Again, most of those goals came from... uh, They they had the two power play goals, both cross-ice passes. You had the Nylander goal where he's standing completely alone at the other side of the net. Like, what do you want Jake Allen to really do? The only one that I thought he should have had... Was the Pierre Engval goal where he got chicken winged uh, and he turned around and, you know, it flutters through his arm and ends up going in the net. What's he supposed to do about that? Right? Realistically, that's the one goal. So what? He makes that save and uh, we finish the game four to one instead. Does that really fucking change anything for anyone in terms of what they saw in that game? I don't think so. It doesn't change anything for me. So I thought Jake Allen was pretty good. Um, they left him out to dry a couple of times, but what are you going to do? That's one for the tank, really. I'm kind of running out of things to say here, so I guess I better cut it off. Uh, And we're running... Well, actually, we're over 17 minutes, so c'est encore (laughs) une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. We're on Spotify, we're on Google Play, we're on Apple. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT, drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. We do have uh, anybody who follows along primarily through the podcast and not through uh, Eyes on the Prize. We do have an article up right now with a GoFundMe attached. Um, We are looking to crowdfund uh, some scratch so that we can get ourselves set up with a new domain the good bit of news that we have about the future of eotp is that we are getting all of the intellectual property back from vox we are getting the domain back from vox as well so everything belongs to us as of march 31st which means we need to set ourselves up with new hosting because we own everything but we need a place in order to actually house it on the internet. Um, So that's what the the GoFundMe is for. We've already actually hit our goal of $6,000. Huge thanks to anybody who donated. Um, If anybody wants to continue to donate or if you want to take a look at our Patreon as well, we're going to be offering potentially some interesting benefits for people who uh, continue to support us uh, throughout the time that we move over to this new site. And, you know... Sorry, not even a new site. It's going to be the same site. It might look a little different, but it's going to be the same site, same people, same content. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing throughout the course of time so far, I would ask that you consider supporting us in this endeavor because uh, we're going to be keep we're going to keep doing the exact same thing that we've been doing. You know, um, we'll have our top twenty-five under twenty-five in the summer. We're going to have our excellent deadline coverage like we always do, and we will smash our draft coverage like we do every single year. I can promise you that much. Um, you know, if you have anything that you're willing to give, please consider supporting us. And uh, in turn, we will make sure that we keep churning out that content. So thank you for your support. Thank you, as always, for listening. And of course, à la prochaine.